Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. What's up, everybody? Hello, welcome back to another episode. Just another episode. A day in the life. A day in the life. Um, Excitingly, you guys may know, or may not, that this episode officially marks us starting over our ten episodes. Yes, that's right. That's right. We will have the updated number of what our swears are totals were next episode and how much we ended up donating to bridges house of hope yes we're very excited um i am also nervous because it was mostly me oh with all the f words yes and therefore i will owe plenty of dollars but that's all right it's worth it it's for a good cause it's not like i have other bills or listen we all have our flaws and our expensive habits. And mine just happen to be expensive habits. I like that. Thank you. Happiness is an expensive habit. There you go. Am I right, ladies? It's a, it's a worthy habit. Thank you. Treat yourself. Anyway. This is crazy. This one blows my mind. And it's one of... It's probably the most notorious serial killer in Connecticut. Yeah. And I had never heard of him. Yeah, I know. What is up with that? That happens a lot in this show. But that's the point. That's why we do what we do. <laughs> to shed light to these cases. Exactly. And it's it's really interesting and you know, it's just we're just telling another story of a human piece of garbage. Yeah, and this was pretty recently actually. Yeah, I would consider it recent enough. I feel like this string of crimes that we'll talk about mm-hmm. is more of like an 80s or 90s thing. Yeah. You're this right. Is 2003. Yeah. And there were case developments up until 2017. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. That's true. And it's a good one, so I hope you guys stick around for it cuz it is very interesting. And without further ado, today we will be discussing William, William Devin Howell. Howell. Okay, we're going to top it off with our sources. Katie, what you got? All right. I got Wikipedia. Great. Of course. Sure. Medium.com. They're phenomenal. Yes, I love them. Anytime they come up when we do research, I'm like, we're, I'm clicking that, we're using it. Yep. A&E TV. Oh. Portal.ct.gov. Okay. And then the Hartford Current. Yes. Which we've been pronouncing as current. Yes. A lovely listener has informed us that it is, in fact, pronounced current. To be fair, it is spelled current. C-O-U-R-A-N-T. Yes. It's okay. We, we, we hear you. We fixed we're it. We're listening and we're learning. Yes. <laughs> it may have taken 41 episodes. I know. But we're here and I we're know. with the current. Current. 
current. We're current on the current. current. Ayo. Ayo. Were those all of your sources? They sure were. Okay. I similarly had Wikipedia. Perfect. I also had ct.gov. I had medium.com for sure. Um, The Hartford Current. I also had ranker.com, the Charlie Project, ctpost.com, NBC Connecticut, and boston.com. I had a lot. Yeah. I went crazy with this. Well, this is, this is a lot. It is a lot. It is quite a lot. Why don't we start very quickly talking about William Devin Howell? Our boy. Our, our boy. He was born on February 11th, 1970 in Hampton, Virginia. He was the youngest of four sons, and all of his brothers were much older. So he was the youngest by far. Sounds like he was maybe an accident. Ooh. Ooh. I'm speculating. Probably, probably fair. Probably fair. Yeah, right? Um, because he was the youngest of his siblings, his parents were a little bit older, and they let him do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. He got free reign. He had no discipline. And listen, as a kid, you probably loved that. But he, I mean, he turned out pretty fucked up so um he was actually known to be very funny and outgoing and he graduated high school in 1988 and according to William later in you know interviews after these incidents he said he had a really good childhood and that he was you know he was supported and comfortable um you know he said he was upset because his mom died of cancer at 15 but other than that it was a it was a great childhood he said which, you know, for serial killers is often not the case. They usually have shitty, terrible childhoods. Yes. Yeah. Immediately after he graduated, he had two kids with his high school girlfriend. And even though he said that he had a good childhood and whatever, he could not say it out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big troublemaker. He actually had multiple convictions for drugs, larceny, and burglary in Virginia. Um... He had been caught driving with a suspended license and also racked up a whole bunch of charges surrounding like his drinking and pot smoking habits. Um, when he turned 30, he moved to Connecticut and it seemed like he kept falling into these same patterns of like sex workers, losing jobs, you know, um, temporary housing, unstable relationships. He just kind of seemed like it wasn't going very good for him. Yeah. And in 2002, he took a job at Benco Roofing in Torrington, Connecticut. And at this point, he was kind of living in a van. And because of this, his boss let him sleep in his van in the parking lot of their business. Which is like, okay, that's what... uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, to each their own. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Sure, I guess. But... The problem here is that William Devon Howell's van was not just his automobile and it wasn't right. just his living space. Right. Um, it was a rusty ass, dark blue Ford Econoline van. Mm-hmm. He had purchased it for $400 uh. and did some rinky dink work to make it into like a makeshift bed and a makeshift yeah. storage area for his clothes and, and such. Yeah. Um, he lived out of this van, you know, as you said. Sure. He then started to get some thoughts. Yeah. Started to get some urges. 
and then he soon started calling his van the murder mobile which is just not even funny like it's not even clever and he was the one it's not even like you know how people after the fact will come up with clever nicknames or something for serial killers and right no he came up with this himself (laughs) he's like yeah this is my murder mobile oh my god what is the matter with you yeah and there's a picture of it on our website yes in our instagram oh my god (laughs) fucking creepy and it's like i saw a comment that was like what would make somebody willingly get into a van like this yeah william chose his victims very carefully yes he often went with victims who were in desperate situations right they were vulnerable. Vulnerable, exactly. A lot of them were struggling with substance use mm-hmm. and substance addiction. Yeah. So he would offer them money. Yeah. And oftentimes they needed the money and he knew it. Right. And I think what you said earlier is a great point. Like this case and the victims he chose and how he did things is very like 1980s. Yes. But this was 2003. And that's a really good point because like, his victim pool was very similar to, and we've talked about it in some of our episodes, and it, it reminds me again of, like, Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. They always, there's always these men who think that they're God. Yes. And they can help clean, quote-unquote, the country or whatever. Yep. The and, entitlement is uh, unbelievable. This guy, it, he has the same, he, he is entitled as fuck. Yeah. And he's wrong. Right. Yeah, he's wrong about it. So these women that he killed, he ended up raping six women and killing seven. Liz, as you said, his boss let him park his van and live out of it, basically, mm-hmm. on a secluded area of this parking lot. Yeah. And this parking lot was part of a strip mall on Hartford Road in New Britain, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And because of this, it was basically his living area. He yeah. knew it very well. Yeah. Behind this strip mall was... A very heavily wooded area. It was swampy. Swampy, yeah. It was really hard to access. Yeah. And he referred to this area as his garden because this is where he dumped his victims. Yeah. That makes it so much worse. Why is he naming? Like, where does he get off coming up with these names that he thinks are so clever and so... You know he's so proud of himself. Yeah. And he even gave himself the nickname the Sick Ripper. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Like, so fucking weird. Does he have a creative bone in his body? Like, the murder mobile. Like, this isn't Batman. Like, go sit down. <laughs> go sit down, go to therapy, and Honestly. stop being an entitled man. Honestly. If you can even call him a man. Oh, my God. And we have pictures of him on the website. He is, like, just not a good-looking man. Putrid. Yeah. He's... Uh, he kind of reminds me of the other, there's this other murderer named Joe Metheny. And he's the one that supposedly, like, cooked his vis- victims and served them at, like, his uh, pulled pork stand. Yes! Yeah, he kind of reminds me of this guy. Like, just the look. They're both big dudes and... Bald. Bald and ugly. And, yeah. Like, people would maybe naturally ask, why would anyone get in a van with that man? But like you said, there's different circumstances and different He was reasons. very strategic in choosing the women that he ultimately killed right right and that's unfortunately how these people do it yeah which is terrible they're taking advantage of a very vulnerable population um so let's talk about july 31st 2003 real quick 
There was a woman, her name was Brenda Torres. She called Weathersfield Police in Weathersfield, Connecticut, and she reported her sister missing. Her sister, 33-year-old Nilsa Arismendi, lived at a local motel and was a known sex worker. Um, she actually lived at this motel with her boyfriend, Angel Sanchez, and she was also a known heroin user. Because her boyfriend was a drug dealer, he was immediate, immediately a suspect in her disappearance, but was actually eventually cleared because of a polygraph test he passed. Um, and according to Sanchez, he last saw Nilsa around 2.30 a.m.-ish on July 25th, which was about six days earlier. Um, he had seen Nilsa get in a van that had a sign on it saying, Quality Lawn Service, Just Call Devin. Which, first of all, that's cheesy and not even a good tagline. Second of all, (laughs) William Devin Howell, he went by Devin. And he actually had Devin tattooed on himself. Because he forgot or because what? I don't know. That sounds like such a narcissistic Uh thing. Uh Uh-huh. Can you, I can just see it now where he's like, my name's William, but call me Devin. (laughs) And he'd show the tattoo. Uh Like like on his bicep or something. Yeah, he's gross. Foul. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. That's pretty nasty. Ugh. So now let's just just keep that in your mind, everyone. Okay? Let's talk about November 28th, 2003. This is interesting. A sheriff in North Carolina pulled over William Devin Howell in Dare County for a motor vehicle violation. And when they put his number and his license and the you know how they do come on we've all been pulled over for whatever reason and uh they say oh we need your license and whatever and they go and they type in and they see if you have any prior tickets prior whatever that's what they did for uh mr devon here and what did they find well we'll tell you they ended up contacting the weathersfield police in connecticut and we're like hey we have someone here we think you might be interested in. And so Weathersfield police were like, we'll pay you. Keep him there. We're on our way. Now, I don't know how much, I know how much you and I know about geography, Katie. Um, North Carolina and Connecticut are not close. Oh, God. (laughs) I think it said it was 800 miles. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And so this police officer drove 800 miles to get William Devin Howell. Wow. That's how badly they wanted him. And you know what? Props to them, honestly. And you don't really hear me say that <laughs> on this podcast or, or off this Ever? podcast. No. I will say, though, that is some top-notch police work. I agree. They got your guy. You're going to truck your ass down, and you're going to go get him. 800 miles. Because I, I know. I, I We know. Y'all know. <laughs> Sometimes, depending on the person sure. or the case, yeah. not everybody would do that. I would say almost no one. Not everybody would do I mean, granted, 800 miles is a lot. That is a lot. But it's like, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of worth wow. it, I think. Right? Isn't that crazy? Good for him. I know. His name? Honestly. His, and I'll tell you his name. Robert De Roin. He, uh He was the one who drove... Go, Robert. Yep, I know. Um, yep, so he drove, and uh, on the way back, he showed William a picture of Nilsa, and immediately William recognized her. 
and it, you could see it on his face. Oh. You know, like it, when it's hard to hide, like you yes. react. Yes. He couldn't hide it. And so um, he suddenly said, I don't want to speak to you without my attorney present. I want to exercise my right to remain silent. First of all, watch a lot of cop shows much. Like, come on. Like, okay, buddy. Also, guilty as fuck. <laughs> right. Right. I know. No, I know. Oh, Jesus. And this is the fucked up part, okay? A criminalist searched the van that William drove and lived in. You'll never guess what they found. Katie, what did they find? So, (laughs) underneath several of the seat cushions, they found out that the cushions themselves had been removed. Yeah. Suspicious. Weird. Um, So, that area underneath, there was a lot of blood in the carpeting of the van because he tried to make it livable. Right. Very rinky-dink, like... (laughs) wood pallet things for yep. a bed and he tried to put down carpeting and yep. yeah shag carpet i'm sure <laughs> so there was some blood in this carpeting mm-hmm. and they actually did dna testing it was from two different people oh. so one of nilsa's relatives donated dna or willingly gave dna and said mm-hmm. you know what here just in case this is nilsa yeah. it came up that it was a 99 percent match yeah so they got his ass for that. Uh-huh. Fucking good. Yeah. Good. And what was also weird was that they found six videotapes. That was so crazy. Oh, my God. And what was on the videotapes was... Ugh. Like, they... <sighs> police described it as bizarre. Yeah. That was their words. Bizarre sex. Ugh. And it was... It was shitty because the videos were shot in such a way that you could not see the women's face. Yeah. In any of them. Was that genius on his part? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. But if you'll remember what you said at the top, he was accused of raping six women and killing seven. And they found six videotapes. I'm wondering. Do we have a correlation here? Yeah. Or are there more? True. Who knows? So, when William was, uh, you know, he took that nice little trip from North Carolina back down with uh, (laughs) his new police friend, he was put in jail. This was not necessarily for Nilsa's suspected murder, but he had other, like, vehicle charges. He had other small things um, on him. So, he was put in jail. He was actually put in the Cheshire Correctional Institute in Cheshire, Connecticut, which we've talked about before. And there was actually a man in jail with him named Thomas Rodriguez. And guess what? He was actually a confidential informant for our friend Robert DeRon, the police officer that took a trip with uh, William Devin Howell. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I liked this guy. This is so <laughs> satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I know, it's yes. like the way it's all coming together. Full circle. I love it. Full circle. I love it. Um, so, you know, William got pretty comfortable in jail. Maybe he shouldn't have. Don't just tell everyone your thoughts and feelings, buddy. This is what I have to say. But basically, he told Rodriguez the following. He said that he beat the shit out of her in the back of the van, broke her nose, and threw her out of the van. He said he has to hurry up and rush the case because it's all circumstantial right now. He doesn't want there to be a body found. That's what he said in jail. 
to this confidential informant who was like, um, hey, Robert? Yeah, he doesn't even know who he's talking to. He's just, like, running Shut his mouth. Shit. Yes. Dumb ass. Wow. Dumb ass. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, they found a body. Oh, they sure did. Yeah, they did. The timing on this was also very satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. So, William was charged with first-degree manslaughter for Nilsa's murder. Right. Um, it was a manslaughter charge because they didn't have her body. They didn't know where her remains were. Right. He was also charged with witness tampering because he was threatening another inmate. <laughs> Just model behavior. No, he's a great guy. The trial began in January of 2007. Mm-hmm. William entered an Alford plea, which basically means that he didn't admit he committed the crime, Mm -hmm. but the prosecution had enough evidence on him to convict him anyway. Right. During sentencing, this asshole adamantly insisted that he didn't kill Nilsa, the bloodstains in his car were from a fight she got with her boyfriend. Yeah. Stupid. So he basically told, like, a half-truth. Yes. He knew Nilsa. And it was proven that he had her in their van. But don't worry. Don't worry. He didn't spill her blood. That no, was her boyfriend. That was her boyfriend. The best part of all of this is that, so he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Yeah. Mere weeks after his sentencing, <laughs> mm-hmm. a hunter was scoping out the wooded area behind the strip mall in Connecticut to yeah. see if he could hunt some things. Sure. Whatever hunters do. And he came across remains. I think it said he discovered a a human skull. Yes. And then the police were like, do not move one inch. We'll be right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so they went there and they actually ended up finding uh, about 50 different bones um, leading to a total remains of three different women. Yeah. Obviously not all of their remains, but they were able to say, okay, this is from three different people. And that was in 2007. Yeah. And... Their identifications didn't really start off right away. And there was kind of like a lull and a gap, you know, in this time. And so William Devin Howell was in jail serving that manslaughter charge for Nilsa when in April of 2015, the police just went back to that area for some reason. They just, I can't remember if it said they just had a feeling or they just didn't check it out all the way. But man... It is amazing that they did that. I'm so glad that they did. Yeah. Because a little bit more hard work, and they Mm -hmm. found four more bodies. April 28th, 2015, they found four more. Yeah. (sighs) Four. And then it took until, I think, 2017 is when they uh, identified the last. Yes. I think by 2017, they had identified everyone. Yeah. So, do you want to go through and talk about the victims a little bit? The first woman that William Devon Howell killed was 29-year-old Melanie Ruth Camelini. She was a mother of two from Seymour, Connecticut. She went missing on January 1st, 2003, and she had recently been living in Waterbury, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. She was last seen in the area with two men. She was known to have a substance abuse issue. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really uncommon for her to go off on her own or disappear for a little bit at a time. Right. So... When she did disappear, no one really panicked at first. Her body was discovered buried behind the New Britain Shopping Center and was finally identified in 2015. Wow. William Devon Howell later confessed that after he raped her, he hit her with a hammer. And then he said she wouldn't die. 
So then he strangled her. That is so awful. And then he went on to strangle the rest of his victims because he discovered that was a more effective way of murdering them after he raped them. Oh my god. This was actually one of the... I read this in a few different places. When he killed her, it was January, so... um, Yes. It was cold outside. You know what I'm about to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he couldn't bury her body because it was cold. So he ended up wrapping her in like a carpet or a blanket and then keeping her in the back of his van and sleeping with her for two weeks. Isn't that just the most disgusting thing you'd ever read? He, in a later interview, said that that was out of necessity. Mm, was it? I, that's doubtful. <laughs> that is so gross. That's doubtful. And the area in which he dumped these women's bodies, the reason it took so long to not only find the remains, but also recover and remove all of them, yeah. was because it was so swampy and heavily wooded. Yeah. So he really didn't need to bury the bodies. I mean, a lot of them were partially exposed. Right. So... Yeah. The next victim was a woman named Marilyn Gonzalez. She was 26, and she went missing from her mother's house in Waterbury, Connecticut, similarly to um, Melanie. Marilyn lived with her mother and her two daughters, who were 7 and 11, when she left home on May 16th, and she was reported missing two days later. 44-year-old Janice Roberts was a transgender woman from New Britain, Connecticut. She was last seen on June 18th, 2003, getting into William's van at a stop and shop in Weathersfield, Connecticut. So Janice Roberts isn't her legal name mm-hmm. um, because she's transgender. Her legal name is her dead name. Yeah. So out of respect to her as a victim, we're not going to use it. It's irrelevant, of frankly. Um, Janice was reported missing six days later on June 24th. Mm. This part is awful. Yeah. Um, William had later confessed that he tried to have sex with her and rape her, and he strangled her in a fit of rage when he realized that she was trans. Yeah. She was the only woman that he didn't rape. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about how pissed we were that all these articles, they used her dead name. Every single one. It's not, her name was Janice Roberts. Or they'd use them interchangeably, like, yes. Janice Roberts, formerly known as, yeah. like, it's like, it's nope. Jan- like, just Janice. It's yeah, fine. Thank you. That was how she who she was. It was ridiculous. The next victim was Diane Cusack. She was 53 and she lived in an apartment in New Britain and went missing shortly after police had actually responded to a dispute at her home in July of 2003. Um, she was known to the police because of that dispute. It was something about like her landlord. Yeah. Um, but also because she had a substance abuse problem. Um the really sad part is that because she had a substance abuse problem, she was kind of in and out of contact with her family. She was actually never even reported missing. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking. When I read that, I just felt so, I just felt so sad for her. Um, she was finally identified in early 2011. Um, our next one is our girl, 33-year-old Nilsa Arismendi, mother of four. Mm-hmm. Um she wasn't actually identified until April 28th, 2015, along with the three others found that day. Yeah. So, honestly, it's amazing that her sister was looking out for her and called in her disappearance. Yeah. Because, ultimately, her case, specifically, was monumental in getting this right. guy caught. Right. Right. And they even said that part of the reason why he got caught was because of her sister and her boyfriend, Angel Sanchez. Mm-hmm. They were advocating for her so hard and... Finally, it paid off. 
And that's the issue that a lot of these other victims had is that they didn't really have anybody to advocate for them. Right. Which, again, William was able to pick up on. Right. So he used that to his advantage. Right. The next victim was Joyveline Martinez. She was 23. She went missing on October 10th, 2003 from East Hartford, Connecticut. Um, Her family reported her missing in March of 2004. So that's almost six months later. Yeah. Um, Suspicion arose when she didn't show up for her own birthday party. Wow. Yeah. Um, She was actually, like, in high school, she was known as a track star. And at the time of her disappearance, she was unemployed. And it's speculated she maybe was doing sex work Mm -hmm. or perhaps had a drug problem like most of these women, unfortunately. Um, She wasn't identified until September of 2013. William's last victim was 40-year-old Mary Jane Menard. She was actually a substance abuse counselor from Waterbury, Connecticut, and she went missing from New Britain in October of 2003. She was a mother of two, and she used her own experience with heroin dependence to help the people she offered counseling to. Her remains were found behind the strip mall in 2007. She, like most of the other women involved, had gotten into William's van willingly because he promised her money, and he did this with almost everybody he killed. Yeah. Um, so just to recap, the victims of the 2007 discovery were Diane Cusack, Joyveline Martinez, and Mary Jane Menard. And then the bodies that were found in April of 2015 were Nilsa, Janice Roberts, Melanie Kamini, and Marilyn Gonzalez. So it's interesting how they were, f- the order in which they were found and the order in which they were killed. Like they didn't even realize that they had found intertwangled pieces of this puzzle. Yeah. It's crazy, and it's it's so sad. And it's really, I, I just feel like it really speaks to his view of these women, yeah. how he treated them not only in his van, but how right. he chose to dispose of their bodies behind a strip mall. Yeah, and That's without very a care. degrading. Yeah. Very degrading, and it shows that he viewed them as trash, and yeah. he was just ready to discard them. Yeah. I'm not his biggest fan. <laughs> no. Um, he really liked to talk yeah. in prison. He was so dumb. He really liked to blab. Yeah, he did. Um, he told a cellmate that he was a sick ripper and that there was a monster inside of him. And then because of this, several media news outlets used sick ripper. Sick ripper. Which I'm sure gave him such a little thrill because oh it's one of his names yeah. that he's coming up with for these things. <laughs> oh my god, you're the so The murder cool. mobile, the sick ripper, and the garden. garden. Oh my like, god. Like, shut the fuck up. What? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. So gross. Ugh. Um, he also told a cellmate that he had kept his first victim, which was Melanie Camellini, yeah. her body in the van with him for two weeks because he couldn't bury her. Yeah. He also admitted that he cut off the tips of her fingers broke off the bottom part of her jaw, and then disposed of these body parts in Virginia. Yeah. He later, in an interview, said that that was all wrong. He was like, I don't know, that inmate is just telling stories, he wants to get his own attention. That's not true. He said, I didn't break her jaw, I took off some of her bottom teeth. Oh, oh. And then he said oh. he didn't dispose of the body parts in Virginia. He put them in a plastic grocery bag and then threw them in a trash can at a dollar store in New Britain, Connecticut. Oh, my God. So her part of her remains, like her teeth and her fingertips, yeah. were in a trash can oh my God. in front of a dollar store. That's so crazy. How insane do you have to be to be like, no, no, this guy told it to you wrong. I didn't take out her whole jaw. 
I just took out some of her teeth. Come right. on. Her body parts weren't in Virginia. They were in a dollar store trash can. Yeah. What? Yeah. Again, I feel like that's very degrading. Like, he's treating yeah. these women as trash. cheap. Yeah, cheap trash. Yeah. So insulting. Most of these women oh, were mothers. I know. Most of them had children they were trying to support. Which, it seems like that's just such a common theme. Yeah. We talked about it with the new Bedford Highway Killer. Yes. Same idea. It's pathetic. And the strangling, too. Yep. He said that he wasn't in it so much for the murders. Mm. He was in it more for the gratification of raping these women. Oh, my God. And then he murdered them to dispose of any evidence of rape. Right. Oh, my God. And he also, in a later interview, this is what killed me. I I loved this. Where he was basically, essentially, he was like, I'm not like other serial killers. (laughs) What? 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 Like, I'm not like the other girls. Girls? Like, what's the matter? (laughs) I am so unique. Like, what the fuck? I'm not like them. I'm my own breed of serial killer. No, you're not. He is so (laughs) fucked up. You're targeting women. Yeah. Based off of a certain profile. Because you are too weak to get anything else. This is what you want. You want the easy way out. Mm -hmm. You see these vulnerable women and you say, yeah, that's for me. Because you're a sick, pathetic guy. Period. That's it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> oh, so God. putrid. Yeah. So, he was arrested, well, charged in September of 2015 for the murders of six more women. So, in true William Devin Howell fashion, uh, police were guided to the burial ground of where all these women were found by a fellow inmate. Um, his name was Jonathan Mills. He was actually a triple murderer himself. And he had drawn police a map, a detailed map, of where the bodies were buried because William Devin Howell was blabbing his mouth and had to be very specific and tell this other guy, here, here's where these bodies are. And so, of course, the guy was like, thank you so much. And he went to the police and was like, give me a lesser sentence. Here are the bodies. Wow. Yeah. And then, sure enough, that's how they found the other four. Right. Wow. So this dumb ass he just loves to talk he's all about himself i get it to a degree like you proud of your accomplishments like i talk about being a nurse a lot i'm very proud of it um if i murdered seven women i'm not gonna be like yeah dude it was a good the, the behind the strip mall oh my god i totally killed them back there <laughs> like what it's so dumb and all of the other inmates are looking at him like dude what is your problem? Like, <laughs> shut up. You don't yeah. stop talking. Mm-hmm. Go sit down over there and think about what you've done. Like, we don't want to hear about this. Yeah. And the stupid fucking part is that he was actually eight years into his 15-year sentence. And he was set to be paroled in 2019. And so in 2015, they're like, they discovered the more bodies. And they're like, okay, you're never, you're never leaving. And he confessed. He's like, yeah. Six more. That was me. That was all. Hey, <laughs> baby. All Almost like he was proud. On November 17th, 2017, William Devin Howell was finally sentenced for the rest of the murders. He got six consecutive life sentences after pleading guilty to all of the murders. Good. During sentencing, he cried like a little pussy-ass <laughs> bitch. Um, yep. Bawling his eyes... Weeping. Yep. Bawling his eyes out. All of... The family members that came in support of the victims. Yeah. I mean, some victims didn't have any family members present, but right. 
there were a lot of family members that did care. Yeah. And that were still supporting their loved ones. Yeah. So he fucked with the wrong women. Yes, he did. Because these family members showed up and he's bawling his eyes out, (laughs) apologizing to them. Oh, my God. He called his actions, quote, monstrous, cowardly, and selfish. Mm -hmm. Janice Roberts' sister, April Rich, read a statement where she said, Your size and force ripped away lives that didn't belong to you. I hope that the words that you hear today resonate in your soul for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You may be able to protect yourself physically in prison, but there is no weapon that will protect you from your own thoughts. Oh, Mike drop. That is amazing. <laughs> Mike drop. Oh, that's poetic. I love oh, that. I know. Oh my God. And this blubbering idiot, he William Devin Howell. Blubbering in trial. Oh my God. He literally, he was trying to play the pity game and they always yeah. do. He said, I'm a proponent of the death penalty and I feel that the sentence, that's the sentence I should be facing right now. And then he later said he was suffering from diabetes. <laughs> And that he was aware that, quote, he would probably die a slow, miserable death in prison. Boo fucking who. Like all your victims did when you raped and strangled them? Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um, and Katie, if you, I mean, we know this because we've talked about death sentences or being on death row in Connecticut. Yes. So you want to summarize the beauty that is William Devin Howell's sentence? So he's bitching and moaning, begging on his knees for the death penalty, which I think is a fucking cop-out. I agree. You need to sit and suffer and think about what you did. Yes. Like Janice Roberts' sister said, you need to sit and think about what you did. Those thoughts will haunt you. Absolutely. He was very sad to find out that the Connecticut Supreme Court abolished the death penalty in Connecticut in just 2015. Wouldn't you? When you know it. Just right before. And that's what's so... There's little things about this case that are so appealing. Right. Like the hunter coming across the bodies Mm -hmm. just weeks after he was sentenced for Nilsa's murder. And he wasn't saying anything about the other women. And then they find some of the bodies (laughs) and they're like, that was you. Yep. The guy that he was spilling his feelings to about everything is a police informant. Yep. The cop himself driving 800 miles to go get this motherfucker. Yep. And then he's begging for the death penalty, and they're like, oh, you're just two years too late. <laughs> Isn't that so sad? I cry for you. <laughs> That's so... Oh, justice. It's beautiful. And this is definitely one of Connecticut's most notorious serial killers. Right. Truly. And it really was not that long ago. No, it wasn't. It really was not. This sick, sick man. And he is still alive today, serving his sentence of never getting out of jail. And also, his sentence was written in such a way that he will never be able to be paroled, which I think we could probably figure out. Um, but he's also not eligible for credits to reduce his sentence. Like, some people do. Ooh. Yeah. For, like, good behavior. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> he's not going to have good anything. So, yeah, he's rotten away in jail, just like Janice Roberts' sister said, dealing with his own fucking thoughts, as he should. Yep. Yeah. Good riddance. And that's the case of William William Devin Howell. A truly sick man. The murder mobile. I can't even get it. (laughs) You guys, honestly, please just go for the sake of this photo or Google it. I don't care. Yeah. 
Google the murder mobile. Yeah. Go to our website, Instagram, whatever. You gotta take a look at this. Yeah, it's, van. It's nothing to be proud about. You bought it for four hundred dollars, like, and it looks like you would have bought it for four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. my. It's nasty. God, and he's living in it in a strip mall parking lot, and he's murdered in it. And he's like, I'm gonna go to bed now. Good night. Like what? Oh, well, gross, man. So yeah. That is it. That is the case. I like when we talk about serial killers. We don't do it enough. No, and I feel like there's there's not, like, a good amount. Usually it's a Pacific Northwest thing. For sure. But, I mean, hello, we got some of our own. Uh, yeah, we do. Represent. So, guys, just tell us what you think about William Devin Howell. Yeah. You can tell us on our Instagram or Twitter, which is truecrimeny. All lowercase. Or you can send us an email at truecrimene at gmail.com. You can also head over to our website at truecrimene.com. You can check out our other cases. You can cruise along the website, see what else we got going on. Yeah. And you can also use our submission tool where you can send us your stories, send us cases you'd like for us to cover. If you know any more New England-based serial killers, we Love them. Let us know. We spread the wealth. We We don't want to do, you know, back to back to back. But, yeah, we'll spread the wealth. Please. Yeah. Let us know. You can also be anonymous. That's a handy-dandy part of our feature. But we'd love to hear from you either way. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.